Hey friends, you're listening to Whole Heart with Monica C. Guidry, a place where you can discover your purpose, your passion, and a place to get tips to get zest for your life back. Keep listening. Every Monday and Thursday, new uploads and tons of laughs right here. Welcome to Whole Heart. This is Monica C. Guidry. I'm so glad you're here. I'm so glad you're tuning in because it means you're alive, which also means you have purpose. And one of those things that we're purposed to do is to smile, greet someone in a pleasant way and pass on the joy that we have to someone else. And while you're listening in, I want to tell you about something that I have coming up that is pretty awesome, I think, to help us finish the year 2020 strong. And that is my a free five-day challenge. It's pursuing passion challenge. And we're going to be talking about on day one, untruths and strategies for discovering your passion. On day two, we're going to be talking about taking action. On day three, we're going to be talking about uncovering cycles and habits. On day four, We're going to be discussing, discovering, and assessing areas of passion. And on five, day five, we're going to be talking about making room for your passion. So if you want to join this free five-day Pursuing Passion Challenge, just visit my website at monicacguidry.com, and there's a link that automatically pops up, and it says five-day Pursuing Passion Challenge. And if you miss it, um, it's okay. I'll have some videos that will cycle back around, and you can just hop in when you can. So without further ado, you know, for the month of September, I have special guest Dr. Celeste Holbrook with me, and it's everything sex. And if you've been tuning in for these past few weeks, I know that it has sparked such conversation because like I was telling Dr. Celeste that I was on a girlfriend's trip this past weekend, and I mean, it was the conversation all the way three hours down and conversation throughout the time we were there and on the way home. So if it has not done that for you, well, I think you've probably been under a rock or just don't know <laughs> about life. So without further ado, welcome, Celeste. How are you, love? I'm so well. I'm starting to get really get used to seeing you every Monday. I kind I of mean, like it. Like, can we just keep doing this? Is that okay? <laughs> we can. We can absolutely do it. So what are we going to be talking about today? Well... We are going to be talking about arousal today. We talked a little bit about low libido in our past few um, sessions together. And so I really want to talk about arousal because it is the one of the number one things that women talk about when they come into the practice is like, oh, I just don't, I just don't feel like having sex or um, what are some things that I can do to get more in the mood or what are those like positions or sex toys or all of the things that can help me feel more like having sex. So we're going to cover all of that stuff today, if that's okay with you. <laughs> no, it's perfect. It's perfect for me. I mean, it's yeah. great for me. So I'm pretty sure okay. everyone listening in feels the same. <laughs> perfect. Well, I think uh, a conversation about arousal needs to start with a conversation about sensuality. Um, and so sensuality is just using your five senses. Um, we often associate sensuality with sexuality and really they're different, um, or they are not always connected. Um, so sensuality is the use of your five senses. So if we think about toddlers, you know, toddlers are really sensual. They are sitting in the grass and they're looking at the grass and they're tasting the grass and they're throwing it up in the air and they're watching it. You know, we might, we might've talked about this on, on, on a different time too. Um, so sensuality is just the use of your senses. So 
in a sexual experience, the more that you can get in touch with your own senses, mm -hmm. the more present you will be in the moment. So one of the, the most commonly heard things I, I discuss with women is that I, they'll say, I feel like I'm not really in the moment. I feel like I am somewhere else or I'm just like kind of watching sex instead of experiencing sex. And so in order to, <clears throat> to access our body's arousal systems, yeah. it's really imperative that we access our own sensuality. And so as we age, we tend to get more, if, if we have all of our senses, we tend to get more vision focused and we tend to rely on our vision for almost everything. Um, and so one of the things that you can do to help you be in the moment is to focus on your senses. Now we can have a whole you know, hour long conversation about how to do this, but here's some few little kind of tips that you might want to take away, right? Um, so the first thing is, so, are you writing things down? Taking notes? <laughs> I love it, what a good student. Um, so the first thing to think about is removing a primary sense. So this is where blindfolds come into play. So if you can remove your primary sense, I know, um, you can, your eyes look really pretty today, by the way. <laughs> it's because my hair is out of the way. You can, you can yeah, I don't know, something like about your gold eyeshadow. It's really pretty. Um, sorry. So <laughs> I was thinking about Pearl, eyes. I was looking Pearl, at we're having a eyes. moment from up. Yes, totally. <laughs> Totally. See, I struggle with these things too. Just because I'm a sexologist doesn't mean that I've got sex figured out. I just work hard at it, right? Right. Um, so like taking away a primary sense, like a blindfold, you can get, you know, the sexy silk ones from the toy store, or you can get a bandana. Everybody has a bandana hanging around yeah. or a silk tie or whatever. So when you take away one of your senses um, or you take away your partner's sense, then you can kind of explore the other senses. Maybe you kiss all over the body or you touch all over the body or um, you maybe use some sensation play, meaning you used hot or cold things like ice or warm. Like even, I mean, even if you don't have access to any of that, just using your breath in different ways, like you know how you can go um, open mouth breath, and it's warm and closed mouth breath cooler. and it's cool right yeah yeah so even like exploring that type of play around nipples or around vulvas or around penises or anything like that can help you embrace more sensuality using more of your senses yeah. um yeah that all of those things can stir it up like it's Yes, exactly. And the more that you're focused on those senses, the more that you're going to be in the moment and the more your body is going to kick into arousal. So in there's, okay, so we're going to go a little science-y right here. Um, so there's something called the sexual response cycle, which is something that most people go through um, from the desire to have sex through throughout to the resolution of sex, right? Huh. So there's five stages. The first stage is desire. This is a, this is a um, response cycle that was developed by Masters and Johnson, and then later Kaplan added some things to it. So desire is the first phase where it's just like, oh, I feel like engaging in a sexual behavior. It doesn't mean your body's doing anything different necessarily. It's just mental, like, desire. I feel yeah. like I'd like to engage in sexual behavior. 
The second phase is the one we're talking about right now, and that is arousal. That's where desire turns into something within your body too, lots of times. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, my body feels like I um, want Like you feel like, like a pulsating or something like that. Yes, exactly. Yeah. It could be very, very small and almost insignificant, just like a little feeling, or it could be very big. Your heart is racing, and it, and it, and it grows, right? This is where if you were looking at a chart, you would see... Um, the chart, the line graph going up, like you are getting ready for things, right? Um, And so we often talk about arousal in terms of foreplay. I do not like the term foreplay. Okay. And here's why. Um, Foreplay makes it seem like it is before some, the real deal, right? But when you ask people what their favorite part of sex is, a lot of people say arousal. Mm-hmm. Arousal is their favorite part. So it's not really foreplay. It is the play. <laughs> like, that is the fun part, right? Yeah. Um, so even over orgasm, people will often say, I, my favorite part of sex is like the getting into it and the massage and the genital play and, you know, somebody touching my clitoris or touching my penis or kissing my nipples or whatever the things are that feel really good. Uh, maybe it's like, you know, kissing the back of your knee or whatever it is for you. Everybody's different. Um, That spot that, you know, makes you, puts you you in the mood. Exactly. That spot that feels good. It's going to help you like get more in the mood. And so as we go through the phase of arousal, um, your body is a lot of times preparing for penetrative sex. But I'm going to pause here again and say that not all women love the feeling of penetrative sex and that needs to be okay okay not all women love the feeling of penetrative sex in fact most women have their first and most of their orgasms through clitoral stimulation meaning the part of the vulva that's outside of the body yeah so that is really interesting um because one of the conversations that we were having this weekend was about that about how mm-hmm. it's not very comfortable and, and it's more pleasurable when it's not you know inter actual intercourse yes so now well, now that she can hear that she can find that, that you're not it's nothing wrong with you it's no. perfectly normal No, nothing wrong. We need to think of sex in terms of pleasure because 97% of the sex we're having is for pleasure Mm -hmm. and only a tiny bit is for reproduction. And so if we took the idea of reproduction out of it, um, it would open up your definition of sex for all that external play and all of that, that, you know, things that feel good and um, you being touched without being penetrated. That feels good for most women. Um, so we have really limited our idea of what sex is, and that's, there's a lot of reasons for that, which we won't go into, but we've really limited to a definition of sex to penis and vagina, which is really right. hetero, heteronormative and has a lot of very uh, limiting factors to it. Um, so when we can expand our definition of sex to include things like clitoral play, which most women prefer, um, then it opens up our ideas of what we're actually doing in a sexual scenario. I'm wondering if it's more um, that we prefer that because it's easier mm. to, to have an orgasm or like that versus an inner G-spot, I guess. You're the expert. Yes. Inner, an inner one. What, how, how, what do you call that? 
uh, a, vag a vaginal orgasm or G-spot orgasm versus a clitoral orgasm. And yes. you are absolutely correct. Yes, we prefer this because it feels better. So let me just blow your mind just yeah. for a second yeah. because I want you to think about how we were created and we'll use those terms with your podcast, right? How we were created. Um, think about if we had all of those nerve endings that we have on our clitoral structure, which is, which is bigger than we think. Think if we had those actually inside our vaginal canal. Wow. We how painful, uh, how painful childbirth would be. Oh my God! Yes, right. Yes. So we are intelligently designed to be able to give birth to children and have sex with with very little, not very little pain, but less pain because we our pleasure organs got moved up and out mm -hmm. so that we can experience a lot of pleasure um, and still give birth to children without messing up our pleasure orgasms. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I can't. Wow. Yeah. I know. Oh, so I cool. Mean, crazy cool. Cause I never thought about it like that before. Yeah. Never. But yeah. Now, talking to you because you're the expert <laughs> and amazing. Now yeah. my mind is blown. <laughs> Yay. So just when we think about that, we can accept more that like, Oh, I, I feel the best with external stimulation and that's totally fine. Like men have their reproduction and their pleasure anatomy all in one piece. It's very uh, functional, it's very practical, but that's not how our bodies need to work. We need a space for pushing out babies and a space for pleasure. Um, so cool. Okay, you know, pre-show we were talking off air and I was saying if I had some converts, I wanted you to take the lead because I don't really know a whole lot, but it's interesting that the part of the conversation that we were having this weekend was about how, you know, the inner versus the outer or orgasm and how, but I, this kind of takes the pressure off the guy too. Yeah. But at the same time, what we were talking about, how it's important for us to probably get it first versus mm -hmm. the guy, because they're kind of tapped out afterwards. Right. So it's like, <laughs> let's bring it in here. Let's have a discussion, buddy. Let's yes. you know, let, let's let us get ours first, and then you can you know we'll we'll take care, we'll make sure you're taken care of. Yes, exactly, exactly. And for a lot of couples, that's a great conversation to have. It's not true for every single couple, and a, and and you know not every couple is a heterosexual couple. But for most couples, if we help her have an orgasm first. Um, is actually going to prepare her better for penetration because when a woman is really aroused mm -hmm. um, or, or somebody with, who owns a clitoris and a vagina is really aroused, um, your vagina actually tense because there's erectile tissue. Yeah. Um, we have erectile tissue too um, and gets ready for penetration. And uh, we, the clitoris owners, can have multiple orgasms um, because we have a smaller refractory period, meaning the period after an orgasm, there's a, a time frame for which, which you have to have in order to get the blood flow going again. So for people with penises, it's a little longer. It could be up to a day, right? right. But for people with clitorises, it can be a small amount of time, that refractory period. So we can go into the orgasm phase again, which is really, really cool. Multiple. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. For some people, for some people, it's, that doesn't happen that way. And that's okay too. But yeah. yes, having an orgasm first helps you prepare and get ready and feel better in penetration. So yes, she okay. comes first. <laughs> okay. <laughs> she comes first. Yes. Yes. I Ladies like that. First. I like that. Unintended. 
I'm very, very <laughs> intended. <laughs> that is so cool. Okay. So, so sorry for interrupting you. So oh, don't no. be sorry. It's perfect. Um, yeah. So I, you know, just to kind of finish out the conversation about the sexual response cycle, you have desire, you have arousal, which is okay. all of those things you're doing to get in the mood, to get your body woken up, you get blood flow to the genitals for both genders. And you, um, you end up at this plateau stage. So let's talk about plateau stage for a second. So after you get really warmed up and you're feeling really aroused, you're feeling really good, feeling really into it, before you have an orgasm, there is this certain phase where you get to where things have to go at the same rhythm and at the same pressure. <laughs> yes, everybody, everybody at home is going, that, mm-hmm. amen, yes. Yes, yes. Uh-huh. Um, so things have to go same rhythm and same pressure in order for you to peak and climax and go into orgasm. And then there's that resolution phase we just talked about. So plateau is where you want to talk to your partner. This is where you're going to use the words, keep going. This is where you're going to use the words, don't stop, you know, those kinds of things in order for you to kind of go over that, um, climax and, and have an orgasm. So listen, not every woman experiences an orgasm. That's okay. We want you to experience pleasure and you can experience a lot of pleasure even if you don't experience an orgasm. Absolutely. If you want, want you to, to learn how to experience an orgasm, that's possible too for a lot of women. But I just want to emphasize here because... A, listen, yeah. listen. <laughs> it's not happening for you. And she doesn't have to say that, but this. But I am saying this. If you've not had one, and you would know, if you've had one or not, I, I, I think, I think everyone, women is di- different. Yeah. And something we talked about this weekend also, like it, it kind of feel, to me, it feels like a, like a roller coaster ride. Like I want to actually <laughs> laugh and cry at the same time. That's, that's what it, <laughs> that's what it feels like to me. Yeah. So that's not, if you've not experienced it, do people explain it differently, Dr. Celeste? Yeah, so there's a lot of different ways to explain orgasm. I'm glad you asked this question because here's the thing is that we, orgasms aren't normalized because we don't ever see normal people having normal orgasms. Okay. The only orgasms we ever see are on TV or pornography. Yes. Okay. So not all orgasms look like they look on TV or pornography. I want to make that really clear. So some people have like a little flutter and then it's gone. Uh-huh. Right. And that would be your orgasm. The orgasm itself is simply the involuntary contraction of the pelvic floor muscles. That's all an orgasm is. So good. So <laughs> if you've not experienced that, please reach out to Dr. Celeste. She has a website. There's questions on there. But listen, you want to make sure you get in contact with her so she can help you achieve that because it is it is it is achievable. Yeah, for for most women, we think it is. We don't we're not really sure, but we think for most women it is. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I just had yeah. to put that plug in. Sorry. Well, I really appreciate it. Thank you. <laughs> it's one of my favorite, very favorite topics is the clitoris and orgasm. It's one of my favorite things to teach. And oh. so, yes, every, anybody who needs help, I'm, I'm here for you. Yeah. Cool. Okay. So that was, I think that's the last time I'm going to interject your, 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 your flow of the, the five stages, I think. No, listen, Monica, this is a conversation. <laughs> so you just interject as much as you want. Um, so yeah, we're t- we talked about plateau, which is that you need to have the same rhythm, the same consistency. So this is for penises and for clitorises. So either one, there comes a point where it's like, 
keep doing the thing (laughs) and rhythm matters. So if you don't have rhythm, like work on it. (laughs) Like for example, if you're giving a hand job or a blow job, the rhythm of the CPR uh, beat is a really good rhythm to go to. It's usually faster than you think. Um, Or like the, the couple songs, uh, Frankie goes to Hollywood or push it. Those are all good. Let's push it. Which one is push it? That beat, that beat is the one you want to give a hand up okay. or a blowjob to. Hey, <laughs> <Okay>, good to know. <laughs> yeah, so you know, little tips like that. Um, so yeah, you get into uh, plateau, you head into orgasm. It can be sometimes long, it can a lot of times be pretty short. And then you have the resolution phase for both clitorises and penises. Um, sometimes it's longer, sometimes it's shorter. Um, so that's kind of like the, the cycle that you go into. So next time, this is a challenge for your listeners. Next time you're in a sexual scenario and you are thinking about the things that you're doing, start paying attention to your own body or paying attention to your partner's body and like start to think like, oh yeah, like, oh, this is plateau. This is where I want to, you know, have things happen in the same rhythm, same consistency. Or we have this beautiful long arousal phase that is hopefully... 13 to 20 minutes, because that's what typically women need in order to get fully aroused. And a lot of us, yes, a lot of us aren't spending that amount of time. So if you need some help there, make a playlist on your phone that's 13 to 20 minutes long that has all your lusty, sexy songs on it. Oh, cool. And then don't go into penetration until you've heard that first song again. So when like Marvin Gaye, Let's Get It On, or whatever your first song is, then you can go into penetration because you know you've probably spent enough time. But overall, listen to your body. But sometimes it's hard to extend the time to 13 into 20 minutes. So if you need a little help, that's my lusty playlist idea. Oh, cool. You should probably put something together like that for people. In fact, I do. You go to my website and you can get it for free. I have my own, I put my own song list on there. And so you can pick and choose whatever you feel like. All free? Seriously? Oh, yes. Girl, you're, you're the bomb. Okay. Yes. Yes. Oh yeah. my gosh. I, I, I'm full. I'm, I feel completely full. Did we get through the, I think we did. So yes. the sexual cycle, so it's desire, arousal, mm-hmm. um, pleasure, plateau, and resolution. Yes. Um, pleasures throughout. So desire, oh. arousal, plateau, orgasm, and got resolution. Got it. Got it. Got it. Yep. Got it. Yes. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Like yeah. lots of mind-blowing information. This is so cool. I know we talked about that we might talk about positioning and stuff like oh, yes. that. I don't, do, do you have a little bit of time just to touch on it a little bit? Absolutely. Let's talk about it. Um, so listen, here's the secret sauce. And I'm like, if you could name me something, I would be called the practical sexologist because, okay. <laughs> um, because we just, listen, there's 101 ways to have sex in the Kama Sutra or whatever. I was just about to say, so no Kama Sutra, you know. I mean. Page 50 on the Kama Sutra is out of the question. It's not that it's not out of the question, but let me tell you this is most people have sex in one of five positions, like the the end. Like, (laughs) so if your sex isn't like changing positions every three minutes, don't worry about it. As long as the pleasure is the measure, Uh then, and you're feeling good, then all the positions don't matter. A lot of positions that you'll find in like, you know, Cosmo or or whatever um, are more just like, 
fun. Let's see if we can do it for a few minutes. <laughs> if my leg doesn't cramp from being yes. in position for so long. Okay. Yes, like your, your hands on my hair and like my, my legs falling asleep and my skin hurts because you're like pushing on it. I'm like, come on, you know? <laughs> oh my gosh. So I just want to normalize that most people have sex in five different positions. That's missionary um, from behind or doggy style, cowgirl, reverse cowgirl, and 69. That's it. <laughs> this is the same conversation we were having this week. <laughs> Legit. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Because those, those are the easy. I mean, those are the ones that feel the best and are the easiest. So there you go. For, for women. For women, right? Like, what what positions are are the ones that women say that they enjoy the most? So, so tie back to our conversation earlier about how clitoral play feels yeah. really, really good. Anytime that you can stimulate the clitoris while you're in a sex position is is a great opportunity for for you. So sometimes that's reverse cowgirl. Sometimes that is. Um, from behind, if you want to stimulate yourself or whatever. Sometimes yeah. missionary is not it because maybe you can't get that type of stimulation. Sometimes it, it is because you can kind of get stimulation from his, his belly or whatever. Wow. Yes, or having a, a, a pillow or a wedge underneath your butt is really great too. Yeah. So really any position that you find that you can get clitoral stimulation, if that's your jam, do that. <laughs> that's perfect. That was perfect. Like, and that was so quick because it was, like you said, five. It's five. And that is, if someone wants to chime in and say some stuff later about what you, some other positions, sure, you can do that. But trust me, I, I believe the five <laughs> names are legit the go-to for everybody. The go-to. And I should mention, too, side-by-side. Side. Um, so side-by-side side is used a lot when you're pregnant. It's just a lot easier. And it's also kind of the lazy, the lazy way to have sex. It feels really great sometimes to not have to worry about. <laughs> the 2 a.m. one? Yes. <laughs> like, okay. Yes. All right. <laughs> but I am not getting, I'm not sitting up. This is my thing. I'm not sitting up. We can do this, but I'm not putting any effort in. So there you go. Zero effort at all. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh. Well, thank you again, Dr. Celeste, for joining us. You, as always, have blown our minds and provided us with so many practical tips and tools that we can use. And so thank you again for being available for my listeners. And I'm so sure there are lots of people who are going to be reaching out to you that I know for sure. <laughs> so thank you also audience for tuning in and listening um i'm so glad that you are remember that a whole heart is a joyful heart it's a heart that's full of joy um before i let dr celesco can you please let my listening audience know how to find you the all the free information that they have on your on your yeah. site <clears throat> yes absolutely so there's several freebies you can get um just by going to drcelestefulbrook.com you can get 20 sex enhancing questions so great sex starts with a great conversation so make sure you download those questions so you can have good conversations that are meaningful with your spouse instead of like hey baby what do you want which is a really intimidating question ask hey, what's your favorite view during sex, right? So they're more intentional, more um, direct questions that you can ask. Um, so you can download that. You can download my lusty playlist, which is on my website, <laughs> and all about the arousal to activity and why you need 13 to 20 minutes to get aroused. Um, and there's uh, another freebie about understanding what the perfect amount of sex is. 
Um, so go download those. You'll be automatically on my email list, which I send out every week. And there's lots of good information in there. Right now we're um, talking about purity culture. So if purity culture is something that you are um, steeped in or was raised or you were raised in, um, I have a webinar actually coming up with a theologian, Bonnie. Um, yeah. <laughs> I know. And so Bonnie and I are going to be talking about purity culture, how it has affected us as adults and how to move past it if you struggle with your sex life because of purity culture, which most of us do, including me. Um, so yeah, lots of ways to get in touch. Find me at Dr. Celeste Holbrook on the socials and let's get in touch. Happy to help you. Awesome. And, and don't forget, guys, I have that free five-day Pursuing Passion Challenge that's happening tomorrow. It starts, and it will end on the 26th, and it is free. You can just go to my website at monicacgidry.com to access that information. So thanks again for tuning in. I love you guys. And as always, I'll say it again because it's so true that a whole heart is a heart that's full of joy. It is a joyful heart. Until we meet again, talk to you soon. Bye-bye.